All right. Well, welcome back to the Ceiling of Complexity show where we take a few moments every day to uh, figure out what the next play is in our entrepreneurs' lives and figuring out how they break through the Ceiling of Complexity. So when a lot is asked of you, how do you deliver on that and how does that balance work? And today we have with us our near and dear friend, Miss Lou Dickmeyer, and of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Brad Connors, the financial advisor extraordinaire from Wasika, the beautiful town of Wasika, Minnesota. And uh, so, Lou, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing right now and uh, explain your job to us just so we know a little bit about you. Sure. Well, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm the chief executive officer of the Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota. doesn't get any better than that. I, <laughs> I work in a place that's focused on um, helping kids be inspired and awed in this wonderful environment that we work in and uh, focused on play. And, uh, you know, play is really important in everybody's life, mm-hmm. and it's particularly important for kids. So it's a, it's a cool environment. I, I've only been there a couple months, but um, nonprofit work is near and dear to my heart. And, uh, yeah, I'm having fun. Awesome. That's really cool. How many people come through there in a day or a week, or how's that? How's it work? You know, it's amazing. We um, we had over eight thousand people just last month come through. We really? have we have ninety to a hundred thousand visitors that attend uh, that visit the museum each year. Um, wow. Ninety to a hundred thousand people are through mm-hmm. there each year. Yeah, we're that's we're incredible s- in a town of sixty thousand people. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we draw from almost all counties in Minnesota. I think it was seventy-five or eighty of the eighty-seven counties in Minnesota. Uh, we had visitors. We've had people from every state, from multiple countries, and we're really second only to the Science Museum. Isn't that something? Yeah. And is that recent? I mean, as far as the traction you have going right now, or is it is it been building over twenty year period? What's uh, how how did you get here? So the museum opened in its present location in twenty fifteen, and they've been nailing those numbers since since they moved into the facility. So um, I can't take credit for it at all. It's just to the they've just got an amazing set of exhibits and experiences for kids. So it's word travels and. That's that's really yeah, cool. Did those exhibits change every so often, and how's that work? Yeah, so there's um, some exhibits that we call rotating exhibits, so they do change out. The theme changes, the look and feel. Um, we just brought in a Northwoods um, exhibit, which is really cool, obviously very much tied to the season. Is this the cabin area that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, really fun. Mm-hmm. Kids love it. But we've got other exhibits that are standing stationary. You know, they'll never move, like the amazing Mankato Clinic Tree of Forts. That's one of the great favorites. So we have things that change out um, daily, weekly, and then sometimes every four or six months, and then others that stay. Wow. Wow. So, Lou, what is the what is the sticky point? What are, what are you needing help with? Uh, what are you kind of bumping up against that ceiling of complexity where you're like, how do we take on whatever this next project or task or thought pattern is? What are you dealing with? Right. Well, this is a great day to be asking that question because I'm <laughs> headed to my board retreat to have a strategic planning session. There's a really strong interest. You know, this is an enterprise that it, it's been running since before 2015, but in its present location as I mentioned, and um, there's there's just an interest amongst our supporters and board and members and visitors to take it to the next level. So what is that? We're, we're not quite sure. We know what we do well, mm-hmm. but it's very nuanced and um, hard to quantify. So really getting to the bottom of what are those opportunities? How do we continue to grow as a, as a regional asset? How do we continue to have impact? 
how do we help people understand what it is that we do and how impactful our work is. So um, we're going to be mapping. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that we're going to be considering in terms of what's what is that next level. Hmm. How do you um, you must get you must have some concern about it probably has to get down to who do you really serve, right? I mean, if you try to be all things to all people, sometimes you spread yourself too thin and you, and you lack a little bit in where you're winning today. So how do you think you're going to process, how will you, how will you process doing too much as well? Mm-hmm. They've done a really good job with, um, you know, focusing on that core group of kids zero to nine years old. And we are trying to do a little bit more with serving older children and and particularly with an interest in stem so science technology engineering math mm-hmm. and um but beyond that you know we're really comfortable with the fact that kids do age out of the museum mm-hmm. and yet we're trying to look at the whole life cycle of people when they do come in as members when they're very small they're going to age out but eventually if they stay in the region they're going to be having their own families and working and maybe they'll come back through as next generation. Yeah. How do you get your funding? Oh, it's a, um, it's a real mix. We rely heavily on our donors, yeah. which is great. We have a lot of public and private, or we have a lot of private donors um, and corporations that support us. And then um, our memberships and our daily admissions are, mm. are um, you know, about half of our revenue. Mm-hmm. And then um, we've had funding from the state in the past through the legacy funds, but um, we're having to vie a little bit more aggressively for that this year. So we've got some of that complexity, ceiling of complexity around our funding and needing, that's part of this equation that we need to sort through is to really get into a financially sustainable mm-hmm. uh, position. Mm-hmm. We're, very, we're very close and we do enjoy great support, but right. it's pretty complex. Yeah, and it has to, and that probably changes all the time, right? Based upon who those donors are and tax law changes can mess with that as well. And so where is your, you know, you just got there. Where do you think your number one expertise, what what do you bring to the table? You think that's, that's maybe a little bit unique. Well, the reason I took the position is because I love working environments where it's, where it is time to take it to the next level. You know, it's, it, this one is a career out of that. Living. Yeah, I actually have made a career out of that. I don't think I realized that until I was doing some soul searching um, a job or two ago, so to speak. And um, yeah, that's an area that I, I really enjoy. A, a lot of complexity, um, a lot of different responsibilities and points of consideration actually thrive when that is the current state rather mm-hmm. than having only one or two things to focus on that's really not my mm-hmm. my deal at all so mm-hmm. yeah it'll it'll be an interesting uh, process i'm fortunate because i have the experience that i do in industry and profit and nonprofit, and a lot of good a lot of good ideas and i know a lot of really great people with good ideas so yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. sort it through that's neat that's really neat. when it's time to put it away hmm. And go back to regular Lou, where you're not on on. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? Oh well, is I'm it really a cup of coffee. Is it a run? Is it a yeah? Well, right now um, we're so blessed to be living on the lake. It's been a lifelong, or you know, most of my life dream. Um, my husband of 41 years is 
as good as it gets in terms of listening to me decompress at the end of my day. And luckily for him, I'm now having fun. So he doesn't have to listen to the negative stuff. But yeah, it's just, you know, being out and away from everything and letting it all wind down. So my life is far less complex right now than it has been for quite a while. So Yeah. yeah. How did you get that clarity then? Is it because of being on the lake? Is it just that things slow down a little bit? Or or are you doing some things internally to get it to slow down a little bit or be less complex? Well, the, the lake part has actually been a huge um, contributing factor to, to my life. The things that I um, really value, it's where I met my husband when we were teenagers. So mm-hmm. I've been on that lake for over 40 what is it now 50 years a really long time mm-hmm. so Sounds to be like able a country song oh yeah yeah <laughs> it could be so to be living out there is is truly a dream and it's so quiet and peaceful it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah so do you make sure you get that time in the morning is there some r- rituals that you have to have that balance yeah absolutely um, oftentimes when I come home from work, I'll just go stand outside and it's, it is really quiet where we are. We're very fortunate on the side of the lake that we are. It's very quiet and it's just, it's stunningly quiet and mm. peaceful. So yeah, I'll go seek that out and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm able to take pretty good care of myself at this stage of the game. Good. Good. Okay, cool. Uh, so Lou, Tell us a little bit about some of the victories that are kind of outside of work that you're, you've had personally. Well, you know, I've had a, <clears throat> I've been really fortunate. I've had a really interesting career. And um, even though this is work related, I'm serving as a mentor to young professionals right now. And um, being able to share some of those at this stage of the game, I share everything from all the things that I did well (laughs) to the things that I did very poorly, the big mistakes that I've made and advocating for for folks to pursue education. That's a a big one for me. That's a big Mm -hmm. driver. And I had to work hard, Mm -hmm. paid for all of my education, undergraduate and graduate work. And um, so just being able to just stand back I have no agenda any longer I'm right where I want to be I'm not competing with anybody and just being able to give that um, advice and counsel and that's that's been a cool thing that I've been so able to So you're basically continue. working as a mentor towards yeah. some college kids that are here or something? Other professionals, you know, mm-hmm. other professionals in the region. And um, is it something that is like through a group or have you just picked a handful of people that have sought you out and said, hey, will you come and help me out with this? I've done actually both. I've done more informal. As I've spoken to groups, I've always offered my, you know, my experiences and my willingness to share with people individually if they wanted to reach out. Um, in this case, it's with the young professionals group with Greater Mankato Growth, and mm-hmm, sure. so we're bringing some groups through, and and I've laid it all out there from my first job getting paid seventy five bucks a week that mm-hmm. I loved and actually launched me in my uh, nonprofit career to you know up through like I say the ups and downs and what is the what's the the main advice you're giving to these? So you go back to the. 25 year old Lou, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes we, we do things because it's a job and not because we love it. Right. And so, I mean, winding things back, going to the lake now, being more calm, what, what, what is that advice that, that seems to stand out when you're talking to these professionals that are go-getters, that are young? What, what do you see yourself telling them? 
So um, I spoke to a group at the university uh, out of the College of Business a couple of years ago, and, and I used these words, take the job and quit the job. And the one, the one take the job was my $75 a week job. It, was, it, it meant a lot more than I ever realized it would. Mm -hmm. What was um, it? Oh, oh, I was working for the multiple listing service back in the day. I yeah. got to you know, create the Board of Realtors as it stands today. It wasn't in place. Um, that was one of my opportunities to build something. And then I've quit. I've quit pretty lucrative jobs. <laughs> I've walked away from some pretty interesting opportunities and it was just because I was following my my heart and my soul and I I'm never going to pay with my soul mm -hmm. with work that I don't feel good about mm -hmm. so you know and I've take landed on job. my feet and quit the job take the job and quit the job you don't hear that piece of advice no, very no often. I like it I and like it's it. not about money it's you know and I've been fortunate with the roles that I've uh, been able to address but it you know if it gets to the point where it's just not right in your heart and your head you gotta gotta quit the job yeah, yeah. otherwise it starts running you right exactly <clears throat> in your personal life and weekends and everything else yep. so, yeah because you've had that experience so often working at even a very very high level mm -hmm. how do you know when the time is you just know you know i i've this is <laughs> part of the wisdom of being as old as i am is just getting to the point where you really just sit back and um, reflect and listen and you just know if if you're smart enough and wise enough to really listen to your heart and your head and mm -hmm. prayers definitely a big part of that mm -hmm. it's um, yeah you just listen and you know um, I saw something I was reading a book recently and it talked about paying with your soul and it was that just sounded so negative and I would never mm -hmm. want to do that mm -hmm. so yeah, just got to reflect. I've been thinking a lot lately about, um, and, and some of the people that I've listened to and read about celebrating happiness mm -hmm. and how many people have all kinds of money, but they're miserable. Yeah. And so I, I love your concept and your, and your looking forward of just, I'm going to do what's right, right for me and my soul. And I, that's really, really cool. Well, I can give you a really um, extreme example that is very recent and has to do with this living on the lake business. Um, both my husband and I were working with a technology startup company. I'd been there for seven years. I was the president and one of the co-owners. And it had just gotten to the point where I knew that what I was doing wasn't contributing any longer and I wasn't happy. And I quit the job. I didn't have another opportunity. My husband left two weeks after I left. We had no income and we had started building our lake home. Hmm. We had a construction note already tied to those incomes that disappeared and you know what after i don't when i look back on it all it's like how on earth did we do that but it all worked out how did you do it just was really deliberate and believed in what i was capable of doing and him as well and you know found found something that that was going to work for me for the time being and and uh, boy just piecing it together day by day, week by week, mm. <laughs> month by month, wow. uh, construction payment by construction payment. And yeah, now we're, we're, we're in good, we're in a good place. Very strong faith. You have to have yeah. strong faith and Absolutely. a strong marriage yes. to get through something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was my most recent quit the job. Mm -hmm. It was pretty, pretty distinct. I think when the young professionals hear that story, they they, 
can't even fathom. Right. Yeah. Did, are you seeing a trend with these young professionals, whether millennial, Gen Z, or whatever you want to label them as? But um, it, the things you read seems seems to point to the value that they, it's not necessarily, you know, $25 an hour. It could be $20 an hour, but they get Fridays off or, you know, that they just value their, their time with their friends and things like that. So are things swinging around on the entrepreneurial side of things? Are we, are we starting to get a little bit more balance on, listen, it's not all about the money and it's about happiness and some other type things. Are you seeing that when you're talking to these people? Yeah, absolutely. And even in my own kids, um, my oldest son is 39 and I I remember the first time I ever heard him say this and it was striking because this isn't really the way we were wired baby boomers but he said you know he he worked for his salary so that it would support the life that he wanted outside of work it wasn't work that he was highly valuing and looking to grow and yeah, the work wasn't the focus anymore. The work and wasn't the, younger the focus. People, yeah, the younger people, this has to serve a bigger purpose. Absolutely. And it, from a hiring standpoint, that's kind of a weird, because, <laughs> you know, as the person that owns the company or is right. in charge, you're like, how do I get these people to do what they're supposed to be doing when right. that's not the focus anymore? Right. Yeah. It's not. It's their family. It's their the things that they enjoy doing outside of work. Um, work is meaningful, but it needs to be... It needs to be needs to be fulfilling um, and meaningful work to those individuals. I, I'm certainly seeing that a lot. A lot of focus on family and just yeah. Having- but I think it is ultimately more healthy. Yes. I mean, I think it's a better oh, yeah. version of even what I grew up with at oh, 38 yeah. years old. You know, I live to work. I just yeah. totally, totally live to work. Work yeah. is my total focus. And then you go back, even the college kids right now, and they're like, well we can do that and then we'll go do this trip with this money and right. that's the focus and i'm yeah. like what about the work i know <laughs> i know hey I'm you should i thought we we're supposed to be here doing the work right. you're a generation uh past that you know that's the way the boomers were they you know worked really hard and really drove hard you know that whole thing around wanting to be more successful than your parents mm-hmm and a lot of our parents That's totally were, what it is. Yeah, and they were dep- so my parents and many of my peers obviously um are contemporaries their parents were raised during the depression so they were raised by depression era parents so they wanted to do better and then we wanted to do better yeah. and yeah yeah the old mantra of uh hard work covers a lot of mistakes i mean that's just what you lived by right yeah. and yeah. you just you just worked right but you've been able to figure out that it's not all about that. It's about your soul, back to what you said, right? right? And that, that is really special. Yeah. A lot of people do not have that or don't have the guts to have it, Yeah. Right? to listen to it. Yep, yep. Well, I promised Lou that we'd only spend a small amount of time so that she would get to go to her next meeting. So uh, from all of us here at uh, Breaking the Ceiling of Complexity, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us. Lou, I always like to ask, do you have a final sign-off thought, something else that's on your heart lately or on your soul today as to something we can leave our listeners with that uh, gives them a little insight as to breaking through that ceiling of complexity? Yeah, I just appreciate the opportunity to be able to share some things that are fairly in-depth and complex and hopefully hopefully it'll help sort of in that spirit of mentoring hope it does help and that's what we're all about here well thank you so much and uh, we'll see you back here next time